I have been encouraged because I believe in a God who still does miracles today. And we're looking at the seven miracles in the Gospel of John, but it really reveals to us the seven God's power in our life. And I hope you see that even today as we get into this last of the seven miracles that John talks about. Before we get into that, I have to say, and I know I wasn't here last week, but I posted this on Facebook, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the pastor appreciation gifts. You can see me out in my backyard just opening up all those cards, uh, enjoying a nice cold iced tea out of the cup that Tori gave me, even the Buckeye that was like a, a caramel apple that was in the shape. I loved them all. It was great. Uh, beautiful blankets. Uh, thank you so much for that. It, it really was something that was very unexpected, and I'm very appreciative. So thank you for doing that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to let you know about, and you might have seen this as well, but um, we last Monday night, it was Halloween, and we had somewhere, I, we lost count at around 70, because I know there were a lot more. I bet you it was closer to 100 kids that came through our parking lot. And it was great, because so many of us dressed up uh, and uh, had fun handing out candy and, and just asking about all, of, you know, just trying to bless our kids. And uh, if you're wondering who that Mr. Potato Head is, it's yours truly right here. So you're, you're hearing the sermon from Mr. Potato Head today, but it was great. Uh, and it was so neat to see the kids. I think I only scared a couple of kids in that costume, but it was fun. It was what was really encouraging to me is all the people from our church that came out and handed out candy. Uh, and it was young and old alike. It was great. It was awesome to have everyone's help. So thank you for that. We've been talking about miracles though. And uh, like I said, we're focused on these seven miracles in the Gospel of John. There, we know in the Gospel uh, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's over 34 miracles that Jesus did. But John chooses to only focus on seven. And we kind of been looking at, asking that question, why these seven? And like I said, it really shows God's power in our life. Each of these seven untap God and Jesus's power in our life today. What I've been asking for, and we've had several of them, people to share their miracles. And Karen Blevins came up to me this morning. She said, I have a miracle that I want to share. And so I, I got this, and I, let me just read it as Karen wrote and posted on Facebook. I love this one because I think we've all been affected by COVID over the last several years, and God is greater than COVID. And you're going to see that in this miracle today. Let me read it. A year ago, my oldest grandchild was diagnosed with COVID at first. They couldn't find out what was wrong with him. He kept checking negative testing. We've had him to four different emergency rooms from Portsmouth to Columbus. They couldn't find out why he was running this high fever. And he had bacteria in his blood. His platelets were very low. Finally, at OSU, they admitted him and he tested positive that time for COVID-19. Within a few days, every time I would get a phone call from my daughter, it would be bad news. Things kept getting worse. Kidneys are failing. He was on the next step to life support. He was on BiPAP breathing, and we know how this gets, there's just this downward struggle and spiral. Um, he, he, he was on BiPAP. He had pneumonia in both lungs and collapsed. I couldn't wait for the church 
across the road from my daughter's to open and to see a car pull in. I watched out the window. I couldn't get in the door fast enough. I love that. To the altar to get a prayer cloth prayed over to send to my daughter, picked it up and took it to him. Within a few days, he was showing improvement. They thought they were going to have to have him up there for months to get better, but he got better enough to come home for Thanksgiving. And uh, that's my Thanksgiving miracle. God is so good. I prayed so hard and read my Bible every day. It said to play instruments, to make a joyful noise to God. I got my pots and pans out and I can't play an instrument, but I banged around on them and I sang and I listened to the church music and I prayed and I screamed and so loud that the neighbors probably thought I was mad, a mad woman, but I wanted to make sure he heard me and that he found favor in me as when David prayed and he said to David, I see your tears, I hear your prayer. And David asked for him to find favor in him and he did. I pray that all my family loves Jesus and has faith in him the way that I do. Praise the Lord, tell of his excellent glory. I love that. That is a great miracle. And that was that Thanksgiving last year? So you're going to come up on your year of that Thanksgiving miracle. And to see Tracy coming into membership today, your prayers are being answered as well. And I love that. You know, pots and pans. The Bible says to make a joyful noise. Doesn't say you have to play guitar or piano. You can play pots and pans. That is a joyful noise. So... Karen, thank you for sharing that. I love those miracle stories. Even though this is the last Sunday for the miracles, keep them coming. They, they encourage me. I'll, I'll read them. Even if whatever you guys have to share, I'll read it because those are some of the miracles that God has done and will continue to do in our day. Well, we've looked at these seven miracles, and I think it's important for us to understand that the power of God in our life comes from who Christ is, we talked about that all summer long. I am the resurrection and the light. I am the bread of life. That is who Christ is, but it also comes by what he does, the miraculous. We've seen him turn water into wine. He's the God of transformation. We've seen him heal a sick son with a man who just, Jesus wasn't even in the presence of the son. He came with faith and believed, and because of that man's belief, his son was healed. He healed a lame man who was in a hopeless situation. He showed his power of multiplication by feeding the 5,000. He showed his power over nature by walking on the water. And he shows his power of vision, giving sight to the blind, whether it's physical blindness or spiritual blindness, by the healing of the blind man. Well, Jesus and John save Jesus's best miracle for last. Today, we're gonna to talk about Lazarus rising from the dead and Jesus's power of resurrection. Let's stand and read God's word together. John chapter 11, we'll read verses 32 through, 34, through 44. When, G when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. I love that. Falling at the feet of Jesus, that's where you find hope. That's where you find solutions. And said, Lord, 
if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews that had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he open the eyes of the blind man? Could not he that opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, Jesus said. But Lord, said Martha, by the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I love that he's praying to his father. Father, I thank you have, that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. Help us to realize the resurrection power that you give us. You call us from death into life. You take our brokenness and make something beautiful. You called us out and pulled us out of the deep miry clay and set our feet on the rock to stay. You are the God of life and death has no reign in our life anymore because of you. We love you. We praise you. We ask this in your name the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Well, if I had a time, something I've always wanted, and I don't think I'll ever get this for pastor's appreciation for some reason, but I, I have always wanted a time machine. If I could go back into time, I would love it. I would love to go back into time and be there when they signed the Declaration of Independence. That would be really cool to actually see that happen. But I would even go back further into time. I would go back to the Bible days and hear Jesus preaching, hear him teaching, watch him feed the 5,000, or like we learned, probably closer to 20,000. I would love to been there at the tomb of Lazarus to hear Jesus say, Lazarus, come forth. I would love a time machine. So next year, if you're thinking of pastor's appreciation, if you can give me that, that would be great. It kind of felt a little bit like a time machine last night because we actually turned back time a little bit by an hour. And that was kind of nice to get an extra hour of sleep, although it doesn't seem to help me today. But I love the idea of going back into time because the reason why is there are many times that I've done something that I regret. There's times where I've said something that maybe wasn't uncaring or was critical. And I would love to go back in time and make that up. Try to correct my mistakes. 
Then there are those irreversible moments that we've all had in our life that leave a hole in your heart forever. That frantic phone call that you get in the middle of the night, which is never, ever good. The lab results with a dire diagnosis, those are things that you just wish you could go back and change, go back and try to fix. That's exactly where Mary and Martha was. Their brother Lazarus was gone forever. No time machine could change that. But step in the great I am, Jesus. Jesus comes and then everything else falls into place. We see Jesus' resurrection power in this story. And the reason why John highlights this, this is the only gospel that talks about this miracle. The reason why this is so important to John is he wants you and I to know in 2022 that Jesus is still calling us from death into life. He is still giving us life even when we are bound by death. He still resurrects people and he still changes lives. And that's what we're going to learn today. There's three things about Jesus's power of resurrection. Number one, Jesus's power over resurrection is power over death. Power over death. Now, I, I think of Jesus and we have seen all throughout God, John's gospel that Jesus heals in a lot of different ways. We know from Pastor Jeremy's sermon with the official son that Jesus didn't even have to be there. He just spoke the words and the official son was healed. We know from Jeremy's last sermon too, Jesus can walk across the water. So he could have walked across the Sea of Galilee, got to Lazarus before he died and healed him. So why did he allow Lazarus to die? Why was he seemingly four days late? See, Jesus had already shown his power to heal. He was already shown the people who were following him, his disciples, Mary and Martha. They knew he could heal, but now it was time to unveil his resurrection power to everyone to believe so that they could have faith that he truly is the resurrection and the life like he claims he is. You see, if Jesus had simply healed Lazarus, it would have only reinforced the faith that the people already had. Jesus wanted to stretch their faith. Sometimes Jesus wants to stretch our faith as well. Sometimes he wants us to take that step of faith and believe in him to do something impossible, impossible in our minds, but possible through God. You see, sometimes for faith to grow, sometimes things have to go from bad to worse. And we see that with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. In order for resurrection to take place, and this is critical, something has to die. Something has to die. For Lazarus, he died. That's why this resurrection took place. What needs to die in your life so that resurrection can take place in you? So that God can reveal more of his power in your life. Is there something that needs to die in you for God's resurrection power to be exalted. If you have died to yourself 
We don't have to fear death. I, I know as we get older, and I'm in that boat too, we get worried about death. We don't want to die. We like life, and I understand that. But if we have truly given our lives to Christ, like we're going to see through baptism today, like we're going to celebrate in communion today, we don't have to fear death because Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. You've got to realize Lazarus's resurrection is only a preview of what Jesus is going to do after he's dead in the grave for three days and he raises again. This is a preview of what Jesus is going to do. And because Jesus resurrected himself and he resurrects us, we don't have to fear death at all. That's why Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Death is defeated by Jesus Christ. I love the words of Paul. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? And I know death is hard. My mom died at age 61, very, very young. She, Evan really didn't even know her that well. This was one of the last pictures he had of her. And so there's so many times where I was like, oh, I wish Evan would know her. I wish Evan would have grown up and got to, to be at Christmas with her or Thanksgiving with her. But we never got that opportunity because death stole her so quickly. And that breaks your heart. I would love to go and do a time machine once again and, and reunite Evan with, with my mom, Linda. But because of Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life, there's going to be a day where Evan and my mom spend eternity together, getting to know one another. She'll see what an amazing kid he's grown up to be, and he'll learn why she has been such a godly influence on my life. That is the hope that we have with Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life. We don't have to fear death because death is defeated by him. And we see that in Lazarus. Jesus' power of resurrection is a victory over death, but it's also the power of God's perfect timing. Now, we read in the scripture, as we read it, from Martha's perspective, Jesus was four days late. Four days late. She, and you hear it in her voice in verse 21. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many times in our life do we say, Lord, if you would have done this, this wouldn't have happened. If you would have only intervened in this situation, things would be better, things would be different. And we see that with Martha. If you were here, my brother wouldn't die. Sometimes in life, it seems like Jesus is late or his timing is off when we expect him to show up. We in our minds think, oh, he needs to be here on this day and this day and intervene in this way and that way. But sometimes Jesus works differently. We might not blame Jesus for bad things. I, I never hear Christians do that. But we believe in the back of our minds. If Jesus, he, if he was here, he could have prevented this bad thing from happening. And we see that with Martha, her honest declaration to Jesus. But I like verse 22. Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but... I know even now, God will give you whatever you 
I think it's okay for us to question why. I've said that all throughout my ministry. If you look at the book of Psalms, there's a lot of times where David is questioning why, why, why. But we don't live in that moment. We go on to verse 22 and say, Lord, I know even now you can do whatever you ask. You can intervene. Even though I think it's too late, you can intervene and help. You see, Martha gives a statement of fact in verse 21. If you'd only been here, he could have lived. That's true. But she follows it with a statement of faith. But I know even now, God, will give you the answer, whatever you ask. You see, even when it seems like God is four days late in our life, it's too soon to give up. Maybe you're at a place today where you feel like God is too late. He, if he would have intervened just a little earlier, it would be a better situation. But mark my words, his timing is always perfect. And we see this in this story with Martha and Mary. God had a plan. He had a plan to go be above and beyond anything that they could imagine. And God has a plan for your life as well. Whether he heals you now, today, or he heals you in heaven completely, God's plan is perfect. His timing is perfect. And we need to trust him. But I know, even now, Jesus, God will, you will do whatever you ask. God will do it. He will do it through Jesus in your life. And I love the scripture. And it was my favorite scripture growing up. It was my first memory verse. John eleven thirty five. 35. Two words. Jesus wept. It was my very first one. I love that scripture. It's great. But it also shows God's compassion. It's a powerful, powerful verse. In fact, if you look at the original Greek language, the verb tense doesn't suggest he merely shed a tear. It meant Jesus burst into tears. He was sobbing uncontrollably, really revealing how much he loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Even the crowd there in the Bible remarked how much Jesus loved Lazarus because they saw him sobbing uncontrollably. We serve a God who sheds tears. When you're at your darkest moment, when you cry yourself to sleep or you don't get any sleep because you're crying, God hears those cries. He weeps and mourns with you. His, your tears are precious to him. If you've endured the type of loss that Mary and Martha experienced, you not only need a shoulder to cry on, you've got that with Jesus, but you need someone who can help you in your situation. I'm so glad that Jesus can do both. He can help you. He will cry with you. He will be there empathizing with every pain, with every heartache. But here's the amazing thing. He is a friend not only that cries with you, but he is one who can help you in your time of need. And that's where Mary and Martha see Jesus. They see him burst into tears. They see an ugly cry. They see that he's brokenhearted, but then he's got a plan to help. Wherever you are today, Jesus sees your tears, but he's also there to help you in your time of need. Third and final thing, Jesus' resurrection power 
unlooses the bindings and the grave clothes of this life. I love this statement. Lazarus, come forth. I, like I said, if I had a time machine, that's where I would love to be, right there watching Lazarus come forth. But here's the reality. We don't need the time machine to see that kind of resurrection power. Each and every one of us have experienced, if Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, if you've accepted him as your savior, you have experienced that kind of resurrection power. We sang about it today. When he called my name, I ran out of that grave. You see, there was a day where he said, Ed, come forth. He said, Jeremy, come forth. And suddenly that death that had contained us, that death that had bound us was gone and we came forth into his glorious life. That is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. I find it fascinating though. Lazarus, come forth. He's been in the grave four days. Like Martha said, he probably smells. And he walks out. And from what I gather from the Bible, he probably looks a little bit like a mummy, which would have been strange. You got to understand when Lazarus died four days ago, his feet would have been bound by ankles and his arms would have been tied to his body by linen. The Jewish burial customs of that day Lazarus' body would have been wrapped with about 100 pounds of grave clothes to protect and preserve the body. Lazarus' head would have been wrapped with so many linens that it would measure a foot wide. Pretty incredible to see Jesus call Lazarus out and then all of a sudden the curse of the mummy comes walking out. That would have been pretty crazy. But then I love what Jesus says. He says, loose him, let him go. Loose him, let him go. And I think about us. When Jesus calls us out of the death of sin, when Jesus calls us into his glorious life, sometimes we walk out of the grave, but sometimes we still have grave clothes on. Things that bind us. Remnants of death. Remnants of that old life that just kind of hang on to us. And I think Jesus not only wants to resurrect you and make something beautiful out of your life, I think he wants to deliver you from these remnants. I think he wants to loose you and let you go. I think he wants you to lay those remnants at the foot of the cross and say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Maybe today you've experienced the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, but maybe, just maybe, there's some things in your life that need to die, that need to be given up, that need to be laid down at the foot of the cross so you can truly live a life of freedom, that you can truly be loosed and let go to be able to live that life that Jesus wants. What we need to do completely and utterly to experience that is to say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Saying yes to Jesus, an eternal yes, where I'm holding nothing back, where I'm saying, I am yours, Lord. Take me, help me, mold me, do with me what you would have so I can be more like you. I give up those things of the past to experience new life 
and you today. What I love about today's service, we're going to do two things that really illustrate that completely. Two things, and they're sacraments, which means Jesus commanded the church to do these two things, and we're going to do them. Communion is one, where we remember the broken body, the shed blood, and we remember that he died so that we could have life more abundantly. We're gonna celebrate that. And if you have Jesus as your savior, if you've said yes, Lord, yes, to his will and to your way, whether you're a member of our church or not, we welcome you to participate in communion. That is what we in the Church of the Nazarene do. We have an open communion. And as long as you are living that life in Jesus Christ and he is your savior, we welcome you to celebrate in that. And then after that, we're going to celebrate two individuals where Jesus has once again called them from death into life, resurrected them, made something beautiful of their life, and they're going to publicly testify to that fact through baptism. That is what we're going to do today, and it's a great way to celebrate Christ's resurrection power in our life today.